Duncan and both come correct. Hey there, all you Millers and Einsteins. <laughs> Welcome to the final episode of Duncan and Bo Come the X-Files, the offshoot program of Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Uh, you have um, possibly been with us for uh, five previous episodes, and now we come to the end. Is it a bitter one? Let me ask our co-host, Duncan McLeish. Hello. <laughs> uh, before we get into the, um, you know, last question mark episode of the X-Files, mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to, uh, to begin kind of, kind of where we started, mm-hmm. which is we're both fans of this show. Yes. We were enthusiastic about its return. <laughs> yes. We have journeyed through six episodes now mm-hmm. of of the return uh with arguably one of the great episodes of the X-Files ever in the mix. Yeah, definitely. Definitely without a shadow of a doubt. So episode 1 we uh you liked it more than I did. Yes, yes, I, I did. I did like it more than you did, and I did see, I believe, on the last episode that, depending on how the last episode landed, it may change my opinion of the first episode because I knew it was going to be almost uh, if the first episode was setting up a question, then the second episode would set up the answer to that question, um, and depending on what answer I got would ultimately depend whether. You know, would change potentially my feelings of that episode. Okay. Well, before you reveal mm-hmm. whether or not your thoughts have changed on the first episode, I, I think we should, at, at the very least, mention we felt, I think, uh, mutually that that episode was kind of overstuffed with ideas and setup, and that, you know, regardless of how we ultimately felt about the episode, it felt like it needed to be. You know, a two-hour premiere. Yes, definitely. And and then we have a series of episodes between the the first and the last that are more traditional episodes of the X Files, with a, of course uh, um, the third episode being the highlight um, of the of the season. And then we come to, as as you put it, the answer to the questions raised. Mm-hmm. This episode, so much uh, tied to the first episode, um, is actually called My Struggle 2. <laughs> a sequel, if you will, uh, yeah. to to the first episode. And, and in my mind, Duncan, this could have been the sequel that was better than the original. You know, The Godfather 2. <laughs> if you will, yeah. of the yes. X Files. Uh, yes, it, it could it could have been. Yes. So let's let's start with the synopsis. Uh, the IMDb synopsis, uh, first of all, for Beginzies, says uh, Mulder and Scully uncover shocking truth with global ramifications. Um, pretty pretty generic. <laughs> Doesn't really tell much of the story here. So. Let's begin at the beginning. So we we start this episode, and Mulder is missing. He's not there. He's not. Yeah. He's he's not at his desk. Scully wants to know where Scully was late. She was in traffic. She arrives. No Mulder. No, not hiding her hair. A fox. 
<laughs> and uh, so uh, Mitch Bledger gets involved, and it's well, like, yeah, of course she's going to get involved, especially after she finds his laptop still there. Right, very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Skinner is like, "The fuck? Where's uh, Agent Mulder?" And uh, and Jillian Anderson says, "Well, he took a page out of my book and apparently fucked off somewhere." <laughs> and we just don't know where he is. We we don't know where where he is, but Scully's going to check his laptop and find that the last video that he viewed, our buddy's back. Yes, yes. Tad O'Malley, as played by Joel McHale. Yes. Um, web celebrity. Yeah, yeah. question mark. Um, <laughs> truth, truth teller. Question the, mark. The fire of authority. Exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, he's, 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 um, yeah, he's released a video. What we find out is that essentially the entire series, the, the, all six episodes have existed in the time frame of six weeks, which is quite handy. That's, you know, one sure. weird case a week. Yep. That's not yeah. bad. And, and, and if memory serves, the, the original episode kind of did the same thing because they would do seasonal shows and that kind of yeah. thing. So it seemed like they were following, you know, the course of the year. And in this case, we only have six weeks. So we're dealing with a six weeks, uh, six week time period. Yeah. And, and he's been off the grid for six weeks, uncovering evidence which he is finally ready to broadcast, apparently only on his internet channel, and it's going to blow the lid off everything. It's the global conspiracy bow. Yes, alluded to in the first episode, where um, you know Mulder and and Tad O'Malley are convinced that there is a cabal that is using alien DNA. Um, and technology. And technology to basically spoof alien contact. Yes. But they have something else in mind, and that was the big question mark. What is it that they plan to do with this alien technology and the alien DNA? By the way, uh, if you want to play a, a fun drinking game with this episode, <laughs> take a shot every time someone says alien DNA, and you will die. <laughs> Or if you're Scottish, at worst, have a bad hangover the next day. <laughs> sure, sure. But I, I do believe that death is possible for the majority of the world. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it fun. is used all the time in this episode. And it's used to the point, and no one ever stops. If I may jump ahead for just a second, <laughs> no one ever stops Scully. And it's like, are you listening to yourself? Do you know how many times you've said alien DNA in the past three and a half minutes? Because it's more than any person should, even if you're chock full of alien DNA. Yes. So, uh, okay. So, Tad O'Malley says, uh, essentially, hey, there is um, alien DNA, and it's in all of us. It's in every single motherfucker. Everyone has it in you, and it's, it's not supposed to be there. No, it's alien. And um, not only that, the people that have put it there may have something nefarious behind the reasoning why it's there. Yes. And so this is kind of what Mulder's off in search of. Mm-hmm. And well, we think we think he's off in search because Scully gets a phone call right after watching the video, and it's Tad O'Malley who says you need to come and meet me, and she arrives at Mulder's shack. 
Um, and when she enters the shack, it's a bit dishevelled, but it's a shack, so you know. <laughs> right. No one expects like a shack is going to be tidy. Tidy yeah, shack it, is not. Tidy shack is a punk band, not a state of being. That's right. It was t- tidy shack was the B side to Love Shack. Um, <laughs> it wasn't as catchy. Sure. Uh, but it has a hardcore following out there. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I got a vacuum. It's as big as a whale. I love how you committed to that joke. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so but he's at first Scully comes in with a gun, and obviously she sees Daddy, and she thinks that he's been doing something. He's like, no, 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 I arrived here. I was supposed to meet Mulder. I arrived. This is how it was. He's not here. And Scully gets up in his grill, as uh, I believe the kids say. Um, they and- say that. They do, and uh, she basically says, "You know why did you know why are you going and saying these these kind of malicious things um, that are unproven and all the rest?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! I have spoken to a doctor. They have tested me. I have alien DNA in me. Um, this is the big conspiracy. This is what it's all been leading up to, and I'm going to blow the lid off it." Yes, and then uh, so I. I- you know, I only watched this episode once, and there, there. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. What is it that ultimate, ultimately leads Scully to the hospital? Right. So Scully goes back to check in with Skinner again to to say, you know, he's gone because they call the police. The police come out, uh, they do an investigation. She tells Skinner, "Listen, he's off the grid. He's gone. We don't know where he is." And at the same time, uh, we are introduced to wait for it. Einstein! Einstein's back! Yes. That character that we kind of thought was only going to be in one episode. But turns out it's going to be in more than one episode. Yay! And um, I'm, Again, I'm, fine with Einstein. Miller... Well, see, last week I said to you it would be really cool to see a dynamic of a Miller and Mulder combination where, you know, Mulder is just blowing his mind with conspiracy after conspiracy. This week, we got the, the, the other side of that coin which led to the words alien DNA and a lot of scientific mumbo-jumbo being spuriously poured out throughout the entire episode. That completely confused me because no great show has ever existed where two scientists just talk in science jargon. That isn't educational uh, in purpose, you know, uh, open university or something like that over here. That's yeah, what yeah. would happen, yeah. It, it doesn't make for great TV. Um, and unfortunately... We got this, but what I loved about this dynamic, and I'm kind of saying loved sarcastically, is how off the fucking rails Scully's went now. Um, and there's a couple of things that have, a couple of things that have annoyed me. About she, she definitely leaps to some conclusions. Which she would never do. Scully yes. doesn't do that. She's never done that. And this is the further we're going to get into this episode, the more I'm going to start calling out Chris Carter. Um, I know he's not listening to this show, but if he does, I'm calling you out, you son of a bitch. Yeah, um, high noon. <laughs> he, can, he, can fuck with, he can fuck with anything else. He can't fuck with my Scully, though. Don't you fuck with my Scully. Um, so Scully, like, she... The thing that kind of confused me most about her character this season is at the end of my struggle, that, that first episode. Um, she's like, let's get the sons of bitches. So she's basically bought into aliens have crashed, the government have taken DNA from those aliens, and they have created some sort of abduction strategy and have experimented on people as well as created alien-human hybrid technology. 
So she's bought into all of that, but won't buy into a lizard man. I, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm so, yeah. I'm so, I, you know, like the rest of the season, she goes out her way to be very rational, level-headed, Scully, until this episode when she goes to, she is like, she's genuinely, she is the third puzzle in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know, only a leap from the lion's head, a leap of faith, because that's basically everything in here. She takes so many leaps, which are, and Einstein tries to call her out, and I quite like the fact that they're trying to do that. You know, try to pull her back and say, "Do you know how crazy you sound? You can, you kind of sound like Mulder now, and all the rest." And any other episode that would have worked, right? If you hadn't spent the last four episodes trying to put over this idea that Scully is still the same Scully we've all known and loved, and you, you could maybe put forward the argument that she is a bit more invested in this one because she has the DNA in her. Um, so maybe right, that's why they were going to the hospital because she had to test. She wanted to test. Yeah, her, her she, she blood. Wants to, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants to not only test her blood, but she wants to test Einstein's blood to prove to Einstein that everyone has this DNA. Right, 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 right. Okay. And, yeah, but that, there, there are so many things that like so many moving pieces about like uh, with this kind of pseudoscience and what gets us from A to B to C. That at a certain point, I was just like, the fuck is going on again? Okay, yeah, that, okay. Yeah, this episode is like a, a cluster bomb of a mess. It's a complete omni shambles of a mess. You know, it's just the, the narrative. Kind of how, how I thought this episode, in my head, I imagine Chris Carter in a room with a giant storyboard and kind of like how... Um, and True Detective Season 1, when we finally get into um, Rust's garage and we see all the fucking bits of string tied to different people. Right. That's kind of how I imagine this episode was written, because it's all over the fucking place. Like, all over. Like, we're, we'll get into it, but we're bringing back characters that no one gave a fuck about the first time round. Why is a certain FBI, former FBI agent back in this episode other than a way to... She should have been called Basil Exposition. Yeah, um, because, very much so. But, yeah. oh, but we've right. also it's, got... Like, oh. all, right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, let's rein this in. Okay, so... <laughs> let's burn it down, Bo. Let's burn the motherfucker down. <laughs> all right, all right. So now that they're at the hospital and Scully is basically saying to Einstein, who is like, you're talking fucking crazy... And uh, and then Scully says, like, no, no, no. All these years I have learned that science can lead us most of the way. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't sound like I think Scully would say, but all right. No. (laughs) And and so then we see uh, the Tad O'Malley show again. And Tad O'Malley has a doctor on there now. And he's like, yeah, so here's what's about to happen. <laughs> I love this bit. I love this bit because they just bumped just beforehand. They just bumped into who we later find out as a soldier, and he is very ill and delirious, and he has uh, what looks like an infection on the top of his arm, um, which Scully takes a quick look at and then sends him away to be taken care of by the the doctors. But he, yeah, this doctor just comes out and says, you know, this is what is going to happen. Yeah. Um, Get, go- get ready for the rest of the episode. Yeah, he's like that. They're going to use 
your vaccinations against you. So if you've been vaccinated for measles, for example, um, your va- the, this DNA that's been implanted in you will turn it against you, so you will get the measles. However, if you are a soldier, for example, who has been um, inoculated against anthrax, you're going to get anthrax poisoning. And But they, they go one step further. They, this doctor and had somehow managed to work out the whole plan. Like, like generally, when someone's trying to uncover a theory, like even the greatest detectives in the world, even Sherlock Holmes, had a rough idea of what was happening. He didn't know everything that was happening because it's impossible to know everything that happens. But no, uh, Tad O'Malley... Yep. And this doctor that you were the kind of thought what I was expecting is when he come on the screen there, like Scully to say something like, Oh, he's a well respected doctor, Ethan. But Johnny McNoname Doctor, um uh, I believe there. his name uh is Cyrus Exposition, the cousin to Basil. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so yeah, so Cyrus the Virus um is sitting down beside fucking nice. sitting down beside Tad. And they basically spell it out. What's gonna happen first is your doctors are gonna get hit and your police and your military and all the people in authority are gonna go down first. And when those when that level, that top tier level is taken out, basically no one can help you and that's when the rest of the population will essentially die. Right, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, there's one big flaw in this theory, and this theory is that <laughs> that there is a nefarious group, a covert, sinister, elite um, group of people that are controlling world um, affairs and politics and people through nefarious means. Um, see, if you kill everyone, you have no power. Because there's no one to rule over, and that was that, that was like straight away. That was like the big warning flare went off when I was like that. Someone has not thought this through. You know what I mean? Someone has not like a, a king does not send all his. You know, and if we're going back to the Crusades here, the king never sent all of his citizens into war because if they all died, he's got no one left to rule. So, you know, I mean, you have to send you you have to send certain people out to die, but you have to keep a certain amount of people there to rule over. So if you're just going to wipe out everyone, minus a select few, but if you're going to wipe out everyone, what, you know, what what is the purpose of that? Everything stops working. Like, there's no one there to fix uh, the electrical yeah, I, grid. There's no one there to fix, you know, and like, <laughs> there's no doctors left. You know, the, the list goes on and on. And at this point, I was like, I'm kind of hoping that these guys have have done what I've just said, which they've made the, the Mulder leap to an assumption which will not pan out. Um, turns out Chris Carter didn't think that way. That string obviously didn't connect that, <laughs> that part of the script because... Uh, this made no sense, Bo. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and when we get to the motivation for why oh, I'm doing this, it's even all right. All right. So, yeah. So basically, Ted O'Malley and and Doctor Cyrus the Virus <laughs> says like, "Hey, you're basically your immune system is shut off, mm-hmm. and any any old cold or whatever whatever it was you were vaccinated against when you were a kid or whatever, like your body can no longer defend." itself against any old thing yeah so the doctors are getting sick the patients are just making everyone else around them sick um and 
So, uh, Mulder then, we get a shot of him. He's in a car. Yeah, and he's a, he's a bit worse for wear. He's, yeah, he's a bit banged up after uh, the apparent, you know, fight in, in his shanty. Oh, which we'll get to, because that easily is the best thing in this episode. <laughs> yeah. The, the, is... the, 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 cut, the cut clips between him and his stunt double are the best thing in this episode. <laughs> and and best being a relative term. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, you could say in uh, Scull- Scully and Mulder meet the Wea creature, yeah. um, the end of that is the best because of Reese Darby giving this incredible monologue. Yes. The <laughs> fight that Mulder has, or Mulder's stunt double has, with his attacker is the best because it is the most ridiculous thing in a oh, yeah. ridiculous episode. Yeah, yeah. For those that didn't know out there, Mulder has trained since. He's trained with a covert CIA organization under the pseudonym Jason Bourne. Um, <laughs> yes. Because it was the most, like, the most ridiculous fight scene I have ever... We're going to get to it, but I can't stress him. I can't stress enough how glorious it is and it's it's kind of cemented by the fact that when it was happening on the screen I turned around to my wife who was sitting beside me and I said this is cinematic gold this is fucking glorious um, <laughs> I, I, I meant every single word I said it was fucking amazing I think it deserves our Winter Beast Award for <laughs> just inexplicably existing in a show that it has no place in. Yeah, like uh, I was kind of thinking, of so that, well, there was so much of a badass. How come every single episode of the nine preceding seasons he got the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, and remember, like back in episode four, way back when, when a kid just ran up some stairs, he was like, "Fuck that! I'm not doing anything about this. Like, I'm <laughs> old and tired." I mean, I guess you could argue it's life or death, but yeah, it seems to be Mulder would choose death in that scenario. He's now, t- he's now, oh god, we'll get, we'll get, we're going to go right, back. Right. So we'll get to, yeah. but yeah, the, like the best thing ever, like all the right. best thing, underline, 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 the fucking best thing ever in this episode. <laughs> so, so uh, like Skinner and Mulder are both trying to call, or uh, Scully are, tr- are trying to call Mulder. And he's ignoring all those phone calls because he's on his way to South Carolina. And yes. We know this because Miller uh, is looking at his laptop and Mulder, <laughs> who, by the way, is not paranoid at all. Oh, this is amazing as well. Just there's a, an icon on the top uh, on his desktop that is just like, hey, find find my Mulder's iPhone. But that's both. both oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Like, like, but think about it, though. This is the FBI, the greatest minds in investigation, and no one has thought. I wonder if, you know what I mean, no one's checked his... Scully was looking at that computer, and she never at any point said, I wonder if he's got a tracker on his phone. These are the greatest... These are the... These guys know how to find your... See if the FBI want to know what you're doing just now, Bo, they can track you down through your phone. And guess what? It doesn't actually take, you know, that much for them to do it. Yes, if you had an iPhone and they wanted access to it, that's a different matter. But, you know, if they want to find out where you are, guess what? They can do that and it doesn't take much time to do it. And the fact that Mulder is not very great with technology, as we found it in episode three when he couldn't stop his phone fucking flashing, um, you know, the fact that he would leave that on his desktop, totally believable to me. The fact that no one would find that apart from Miller, inexcusable. (laughs) 
Yeah. And it, like his laptop isn't locked or anything. Like the screen's not locked. Yeah. It's just, there might as well be big arrows pointing to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it, okay. So that's real dopey, but we find out he's going to South Carolina and, oh, goodness. All right, so... <laughs> yeah, we, we, we find that he's going to South Carolina, and... And then he just falls asleep in his car, because the one thing you want in this episode is someone dozing off. Yeah, well, you know, it's a matter of life or death. The world has fallen down around us. He's almost been killed by someone um, who, you know, he had to have a, a colossal fight within his house. You're going to take a nap in the middle of nowhere in your car. I mean, that's safe. And sure. not at all the actions of someone who's incredibly paranoid. But, yeah, he has a small snooze. And um, what happens is that we we find that Scully gets a phone call out the blue. This phone call goes, and it's a female voice. And this person says, oh, I need to speak to you. I helped you once before. And I was thinking to myself, I was trying to... I was, racking my brains during this conversation of all the female characters that helped her and I was trying to think of people that helped her when she was sick and then I remembered that no it was ultimately Mulder that saved her um, well it was Mitch Pelagia actually that saved her and all the rest so I'm racking my brains from this and then we jump to the next scene where we meet Monica Reyes a character who FYI I didn't like first time round and when I saw that she had made a return here I thought Oh, this is another aspect of the show I could not give a fuck about. Why have we brought her back? Is this like, a, is it paying lip service to a character that did nothing in the first run? Um, and then she sits her down and she spells it. She gives a game away. And guess what? Turns out fucking Cyrus the Virus was right. Yep. yep. <laughs> and well, and okay. also she is now, like, she gives all the backstory on... Uh, the cigarette smoking man. This is the worst fucking thing ever as well. Like I said to you before, the last time we saw the cigarette smoking man in the very last episode of the original run of the X-Files, he was sitting in a cave, he had long hippie hair, um, he had a disheveled beard, he was smoking, I believe, from a tracheotomy, um, and he knows the end date of the world. He knows when the world will end. He knows when, back then when we're watching next films, when the alien invasion and occupation was happening, which by the way, he had said would happen and he wasn't lying when he said that, but this season of the X-Files is playing off as a lie. And someone fires what I assumed at the time was like a cruise missile at the cave, which destroyed it. But what they did not know is the smoking man is basically the, the T-1000 Um and he survived, but he was, in, in the great words of Will Ferrell and uh, Austin Powers, very badly burned. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, to put it mildly, but but surprisingly not screaming in agony. Oh, no, not And at all. able to hold a, a pretty high-level conversation about his fate and the fate of, of Reyes. Yeah, because we don't, we don't know how long this has been after the event where he's been bombed. All we know is he's been kept alive, and some reason of all the people he reaches out to, like he could reach out to anyone, he's a man of influence and power, he reaches out to Reyes, and then he, through a conversation with her, spells out the whole thing and says, if you do what I want you to do, if you do what I tell you to do, I will inoculate you against this 
imaginary vaccine, you know, this imaginary plague that will one day hit. Now, if I'm Reyes, I'm thinking to myself, wait one second, it's not that long ago you told us aliens were coming and no aliens have arrived. You're now telling us that aliens did arrive and we've harnessed their DNA and we've created this super thing that's going to kill the whole world and I need to essentially be your bitch in order to get an injection which will save me. I'd be calling bullshit on this, Bo. I'd be calling bullshit with yeah. a capital a capital B and a capital S. Um, because she seems like an intelligent enough person. And there's no evidence here at all. Um, and let's assume that maybe she has shown evidence in the backdrop. This guy's still a fairly untrustworthy character. But she decides to side with him. So she relays this to Scully. And then um, we get the great vaccine to well, because uh, all right so the revelation is that the alien dna is what's going to be uh the thing to keep scully alive yes the, the essentially if you are abducted and tested on it's because you are a chosen one who will survive this because the that what will kill you is basically passed out in your smallpox inoculation so everyone had that so everyone will get sick and die unless you've been abducted by the aliens and tested on in which case or sorry the government and tested on in which case you're chosen you're fine so she's fine and she asks what about Mulder and she says Rhea says um, he loves him yeah because, and of course he does because if memory serves he's Mulder's dad yes. that was a revelation and so she's like you know he's sending someone to get him or whatever it is and then we get the clip of someone, we <laughs> yes. get the, the flashback to the greatest thing that has ever happened with Mulder on screen. So this guy comes in the door with a gun, um, and he's looking around. And at first, I thought it was Crycheck, and I remembered that Crycheck did die, I think. Um, but I thought I was Crycheck from the back, and I was like, "See if they've dusted off Crycheck, I'm going to be pissed." Um, you know, like, it's just like dusting off old characters and bringing them back for this final episode. And he comes in, but Mulder's not there. And Mulder kind of jumps at the cupboard. Boo! Um, and then they struggle with his gun. And it kind of looks like the guy's overpowering him. Now, also taking into account that this guy's here to get Mulder to take him to the smoking man, not kill him. Right? Well, Mulder's not waiting around for... He, he's a very punch-first, ask-questions-later kind of guy in this scene. Yeah, very much a man of my own, a man after my own heart. However, this guy on several occasions tries to go for the killer blow. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. He's getting paid well. There's a couple of times he reaches for the gun bow. Yeah. What's he going to do with that gun anyway? Why would he come into the, see if he was wanting to take him to visit the smoking man, he would have as much chance getting in the house, Cam, having a conversation with Mulder and saying, listen, he's still alive, Norris. And when Mulder says, get out, then draw your gun, don't come into the house with your gun drawn. Plus, Mulder's an FBI agent. That's a stupid move. He's got a gun as well. Is it, like, fucking so stupidly written? Um, oh, I, I also really like the fact that, like you said, he never, he never tries to explain to Mulder. No. <laughs> like... You don't like the the whole the best plan in this situation is like, hey, guess what? We know what can save everyone, but you have to come with me. Yeah, yeah, and we, and done. You got no fight. 
totally lie him with that. Um, turns out the smoking man's still alive. He knows how to stop this. He wasn't involved. It was a plan. He's, you know, you thought he was dead, but he survived this thing. And he's been working behind the scenes. He's got a formula for a, an, you know, antivirus. That sounds like something I could swallow if I was Mulder. But no, comes in with a gun. They then have the fucking greatest fight scene in, in recorded history, digital recorded history. Because it's fucking amazing. And it's a series, like, every time the camera's on Mulder's face, that is Duchovny. Any shot from the back is a stunt double. Um, and the stunt double is about £60 lighter than Mulder um, and easily 30 years younger. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking amazing. And it goes into... There is one of the greatest things, like... Th- th- the bit that I turned around to say to my wife, this is fucking glorious, was there is a bit where the guy tries to swing a punch and it almost slow motion bullet times like the Matrix behind him. And I was like, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. Mulder is now a ba- He's like Rambo. He's, he's Rambo, right? And the fight goes on and they're throwing each other all over the place and Mulder's punching him in the throat. <laughs> well, you're like, really? That's And they have this huge fight and Mulder wins out. Well, of course, because he apparently has been, since the last episode, training in some monastery to learn, <laughs> you know, the the art of jujitsu. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like what you what we didn't see is the the six months of intensive fight training he had with Steven Seagal. Um, it's you know, it, it really is incredible. Like it, as, as much as all the science stuff or, or Scully's abandonment of science. Is so out of character oh, it's uh, more for plausible her. Than, it's more plausible than Mulder learning to fight like this. Yeah, totally. yeah. Like totally. at at no point in the series has Mulder ever been a badass. And trying to wedge that in, like it's more consistent to have him accidentally win the fight. Oh yeah, but no, let me put it this way: I am one hundred percent ready to believe that aliens crashed on the planet, that the government harvested their DNA and have been using it against us and holding back technology to manipulate the population. I'm more likely to believe that than Mulder fighting like this. Yeah. For real. A hundred percent for real. As in, I would believe in the existence of extraterrestrials tomorrow over, you know, with with no evidence at all. With someone showing me a horrible Polaroid photo taken in the 1970s with what looks like fucking dust on the lens, which he's claiming is a... I would believe that before David Duchovny fighting. Oh, have I, I got a picture for you then? <laughs> it's just, it's it's so, but it, to me, this is the bit, I laughed out loud when I saw this, and as as malicious as this seems, that, to me, this genuinely was the best thing that happened in the episode, very much like Mulder being on a fucking space age trip in the previous episode. This, to me, was like that. If there's one bit I ever watched from this episode again, this will be the only bit. All right. So, but ultimately, the thing that the guy that Jason Bourne beat up, <laughs> you know, his mission was to get Mulder to go to the cigarette smoking man. And, he just and that's what him. happens. <laughs> Beats the shit out of the guy. Like, and the then he's fight like, was pointless. He beats the shit out of him, grabs him, says, who sent you? And he's like, the cigarette smoking man. He's like, why? He's like that. Because he wants to see, and he's like, right then, I'll go and see him. (laughs) Right, I wish the guy had just been like, I was supposed to take you there. Here are my keys. Well, like... I was your chauffeur. You were there was some there was some croissant in the back, you know, in the back of the thing. Maybe some shards of 
Yeah, like uh, so we're, we're going to have a good time. I got the, the the greatest hits of Wham to play in the vehicle over there. We could have, we could have jitterbugged all the way out there, but no, you yeah. couldn't. You kicked the shit out of me. Thank you very much, Agent Mulder. Here are my keys. Go and see him now. Yeah, yeah. Like I, his address is in the GPS because this was the whole point. Oh, it's just <laughs> it's the most pointless fight in the existence. And the more you pull it out, the more you see. This, that, that scene should not have been in this episode, however eternally thankful it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the equivalent of the old Simpsons gag of, like, let's fight, them's fighting words. Like, <laughs> this scene is just so ridiculously dumb. There's, there's no reason for that. Like, again, consistency with the tone of what I think of the X-Files as anyway mm-hmm. would have been... Like, you know, this guy wants to see you. I don't want to go, but I need to because I can save Scully. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Something which would make sense because, like, as we said in previous ones, The X-Files doesn't need to be the show with the overtop action sequences. Doesn't need to be it because guess what? It usually has writers that can string on a, a fairly good narrative. Um... And once again, don't know what the I don't, I don't yeah. So anyway, Mulder goes to see yeah. the smoking man, and um, we get a little more exposition because it's been ten minutes and no one has just dumped a load of of information on us. <laughs> you know, I'm like that. You know, I'm like that after the fight scene. I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of like when you eat like something really sweet. It's like when you sit down to like a slice of cake or a slice of pie, and it's very very sweet. You need the savory to balance it out. You're going to go for some potato chips or crisps, as we call them in this country. Um, yeah, you're going to go <laughs> for that. That's because that's the noise they make. Listen, if you can have garbage truck because that's what goes in the van, I am going to have crisps because that's the sound they make when you crunch them. Crisp. crisp. I'll give. All right, I will grant you crisps if if chips can go away. No, not not chip. like potato chips. I'm talking fish chip, and chip. chips. Yeah, that's that's a dumb we, name. Well, let me let me just put it this way: we had chips first. The Americans stole it and then gave it to the term crisp. We'll call our crisp chips, which makes no fucking sense. The only thing that they share in common is they come from potatoes and they're deep fat fried. That is it. That is all they have in right, common. Which is why we call them French fries. French Because they're fried, even yeah, though they're Belgian. I thought, but yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought they were freedom fries now, no? I thought you guys um, did we, we stopped calling them freedom fries after uh, the Patriot Act was enacted. <laughs> Uh, yeah, political humor zing. Um, so. Oh God! It's, it's, yeah, um, it's, so uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you need that 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 you need the sweet to balance, you know, or the savory to balance at the sweet. And after this action sequence, I don't know about you, Bob, but I was sitting there going, "God, I miss the science in this episode." Well, let's balance it out. And also, it, it's about time that we got the motivation for all this. Mm-hmm. And I am going to uh, start one of them White House petitions <laughs> where you only need 100,000 people to, to join in uh, and the president has to address it. Is it, is, it to bring, is it to bring Chris Carter up on war crimes? No. <laughs> it is to get rid of the, the hackneyed motivation that villains seem to have in every movie these days. Oh, but this uh, one's amazing, though. This one is actually amazing, because it's not one thing. 
Well, it is, it's but it kind of is. It kind of is. It, it's humanity keeps fucking up the planet. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one that speeds up the death of humanity so that we can rule over the, I guess, lush world that will follow or something. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the world which will follow after the fact that everyone has died and no one is there to bury them. So they will all putrefy in the streets and thus create mass disease. We call that fertilizer, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fertilizer in areas where, you know, just like in every hospital, there'll just be dead bodies in every house. That'll be like the walking dead, but less glamorous. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a glamorous show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, 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 oh my God. You know what? It's like, it was so fucking, pet- like the smoking man it was so petty here. It might as well have said, why am I trying to wipe out humanity? Well, my tea was cold, and the little man doesn't deliver my newspaper on a Wednesday. And you, Skippy the dog, no longer plays fetch. And you know, it, like it right. just because it, it, at first they started off with like you know um, the destruction of our rainforests, the the, the 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 carbon emissions in the air. You know, then it just like eventually comes out to the wider. It's like we zoom in the pinpoint of this one problem, and he keeps zooming out until it's humanity's a problem. And I'm like, yeah. that, right, right. I, I under listen. There are days, and like I work in an industry where occasionally I have to deal with customers, and there is, you know, because you have to deal with members of the public or people that work with other organisations that are unreasonable. Every now and again, I have the same thought that maybe humanity is a blight on this planet and we should eradicate them all. Everyone has that thought. It is a natural, natural thought. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I under, I completely, completely understand what he's saying. However, let me throw a little spin ball in here, right? He has lived for a long time. I'm loving the fact that when the X-Files are opened... This is when he decides, yo, this is this is the fight, this is the straw that brought the camels back. Let's uh, operation operation wipeout commence. Really, this and he sets it off. Then it wasn't when the American military started dropping, uh, you know, atomic bombs, uh, you know, or, or after Chernobyl, um, or the you know the build up of things, you know, or, or like terrorist cells, or 9-11 it's none of that it's none of that at all, it's the Voughton DX files, and what's even more frustrating about it is, they actually insinuate, he says this procedure started back in 2012, which is the original, this has pissed me off actually, which was the original date set at the end of Season 9, this is what will happen when this date hits in 2012, it's the end of the world, because 2012 was supposed to be the end of the world. The Mayans predicted it on their surprisingly inefficient calendars. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like surprisingly inefficient for a culture that didn't have, you know, solar technology. Well, yeah, this is, this is, this is my... Understand this is my, celestial mechanics. This is my point. See if I found a papyrus scroll tomorrow that said, you know, all... I don't know, like, like said that I don't know, vaginas are evil, that does not mean that I'm not going to love the vag, you know what I mean it's like, it's so it's so stupid, oh well this calendar stops at this point, I wonder why that is, well maybe it's because they were predicting 
several thousand years ahead of it and they eventually got to a point where they're like do you think we'll even be out nah we'll not be out does anyone want to finish this calendar how far have we went up now uh, 3,450 years I think that's fine I think that, <laughs> I, we don't need another notch in there really right we'll just leave it there look Bill I know I you're a completist at all but <laughs> I think you yeah. can put this down yeah at no point did I think that Dell who was doing that turned around and said do you think that future generations though might think that if we don't put another day in there the entire world will end Oh, you're being silly. Dale, come on, we're sacrificing a virgin on top of the pyramid. Come on, yay! Right. Like, have you noticed how dumb most of us are? I don't (laughs) think they're going to take us all that seriously. I mean, we don't have plumbing or nothing. Yeah, so, yeah, we we have to sacrifice animals and women to, like, you know, it's like the... Bring the sun back. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, you know what I mean? You think we're going to predict when the world ends. But anyway, you know, that's the original date that was set in it, and then they kind of loosely loosely and it's so horribly wedged in here that it's like that i have escalated the destruction of the planet of earth oh by the way it started in 2012 when they said it was going to happen but haha it's it's a throwaway line yeah it's insulting to fans of the show it's so poorly written so poorly written and his reasons just don't make sense they don't make why now why not after he was fucking hit with a, the bomb why not before he was hit with a bomb why has no one ever like the thing that it pisses me off Bo right with, and this is just the beginning of many rants that are still to come before this show finishes the thing that pisses me off about this new conspiracy um, is that I quite like the idea if I hadn't already had nine seasons which told me something else yeah there's a lot of retconning going on here and, and none of it is safe yeah, it's just not satisfying in the same like from the first episode when they're like, no, 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 all that alien technology, like, yeah, we got some, but um, like aliens just hanging out and all the like black ooze and all that kind of stuff, and eh, it's all bullshit. Don't worry about that. Yeah. However, we have seen entire episodes where the the, the the alien bounty hunters with no eyes were on the planet with magic wands that burst people into flames. You know what I mean? It's like, or, or the fact that we actually saw scenes with the syndicate where Mulder wasn't in the room, right? So they're not going to lie to each other because they're the guys behind it all. They're actually talking about the date for the visitors from another planet coming to our planet. It's like... I'm like, this makes no fucking sense at all. It it doesn't make sense in the scope of the series as a whole. No. If you take just these six uh, episodes, it still is dumb, but at least it fits in the mythology you've created in the past. Not even the past six episodes. In the past. Yeah, in the past. The the mythology that you have made in one episode. And what what they should have done here, and it's such a missed opportunity is that when he finally gets to the smoking man, the smoking man actually re- reveals it is all aliens. And just when Mulder thinks he's got a grasp on things again, no. The, ro- the, the, the rug's been pulled from under his feet. Because I am more likely, once again, Bo, to believe that extraterrestrials are visiting our planet and manipulating everything and impregnating women with hybrid alien babies and all the rest that I am to believe that just on Tuesday, the smoking man woke up and went, you know, fuck this world. Operation Kill Them All. <laughs> Commence with that. Because it makes no fucking sense at all. What also doesn't make any sense is how he how he is in South Carolina 
and no one seems to care. No one notices. No one in the government notices. No one knows. No one knows at all. He's just like off the fucking grid because like you quite nicely pointed out you have this thing called the Patriot Act, which means it's very difficult to do things and the government doesn't know about it. Um, and this guy doesn't, and he's he's not exactly he's not exactly the most inconspicuous looking fellow, if you know what I mean. Um, it just it doesn't make none of it makes sense. And the more you poke out, the more you look at it. Not even with an overly critical eye. The more you look at it, the more this scene is just a giant shit plate. And it's the it's the shit sandwich from Salo. That's what Chris Carter did. Chris Carter served us up a Salo shit sandwich. Fucking Chris Carter. Honestly, it's like just the the, the <laughs> Salo brand shit sandwich. By the way, registered <laughs> trademark. Um, so, but it's, are, just, it's just so. It's just so poorly written and i was complaining about the writing in the previous episode compared to that the previous well, episode is citizen fucking kane yeah the good old days of the, <laughs> the last episode i know yeah 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 you were you were all cranky about it and i was like i don't know man <laughs> that first episode was rugged and you're like no it's cool and i'm paraphrasing this the thing, but this, the thing. this episode has made me hate that first episode because that first episode, human Sh- Operation Human Shield Bow, Operation Human Shield set like took the hits for being ridiculous, and someone thought it was a good idea to make episode six try to answer those ridiculous questions. Yeah, yeah. It. All right. So w- the one thing we get out of kind of this conversation that I think is is kind of awesome is uh, w- first of all, it's called the Spartan Virus. So it's like <laughs> fucking Halo. Let's do this. And yeah. well, you know why it's called. You know why they kind of called it that. Uh, no, because his house is in Spartansburg. I'm assuming that because that was on the sign. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know. Fact, I mean, Spartan, Spartansburg, and that happens to be the Spartan virus. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm writing that script and I'm setting them in an area like Spartansburg, right? I'm not calling the virus the Spartan virus because that's two Spartans in my. You know what I mean? As, sure, it's and, like when you have two characters named John in a movie, and you're like, wait, which John is this again? And it's not even fucking aptly named. Spartans were pretty much impervious to anything, so sh- shouldn't it be the other way? Shouldn't you actually, if you have the Spartan virus, surely you're the person that survives? It makes no fucking sense. It should be the progeria kid virus. <laughs> where it's like, well, it doesn't give you progeria, but makes you as frail as a progeria kid. Oh God! Just because like, I understand it to an extent, because the Spartans were very brutal for their natural selection. If anyone was born with any defects at all, they were literally as ch- children or babies. Their head was beaten off a rock and flung in a ditch, um, and that's that's how that society operated. Um, Still happens in the South. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I understand on some level what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be weeding out the weak and keeping the strong or selected fear or whatever but don't have a sign that says Spartansburg and then in the next clip everyone and, how does, <clears throat> and, and Scully just seems to she sits down and has a conversation with Reyes and we get a tiny wee bit of this information from Reyes just t- tiny tiny little nuggets of information and then how long was her meeting with Reyes? Because when she's with Einstein, she seems to be able to answer any question flung at her. Like, any question at all. Which, to me, is fucking ridiculous. It's more likely that she'd be like that. I don't know. I'm having to make scientific extrapolations on this or whatever. Because I'm a scientist. No, I'm just going to believe this woman who... 
And any other episode, Scully wouldn't believe this woman. All right, all right but before we jump back to the hospital, we're never going to finish this episode tonight, Bob. Well, killing someone. We we do get the uh, cigarette smoking man taking off his fake face, yeah, to show I, his piggy nose. Yeah, and, he took off his fake face, and it turned out he was a smaller, skinnier version of the large creature in the strain. Yes, yes, exactly. I was wondering what that reminded me of, and you were totally right. That's what, uh, exactly what it looked like. Effects done probably by... Isn't... <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the strain out on Fox as well? It is. I'm just putting that out there. It may have been the same special effects team mind it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so he shows off his, his kind of broken-ass face, and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then yes. he immediately puts his face back on, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so sad, because I was like, I hope he leaves it off the rest of the episode, because at least I can look at that. It's like it's like when um, in, a, in a police procedural, they'll mm-hmm. make one of the, de- the detectives like this ridiculously hot woman. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, there's no way on hell or on earth that this woman would ever be a detective. But my goodness, I love the fact that she's wearing low cut tops. Yeah, no, and- like that. Someone, someone fetching detective oil and handcuffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just fucking ridiculous. And, but it, it's the same kind of thing here of like, at least give me something to hang my hat on. Yeah. Which is, you know, a jacked up cranium. <laughs> but instead, you're just, you keep talking about this stupid virus thing. And again, I'm just tired of villains in movies and television saying that they want to end the world because humanity is a disease. Like, I yeah. get it. You're not wrong. But let's put a moratorium on it because now every villain seems to have that problem. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, uh, uh, the, only, the only saving grace is generally the villain like this, the Bond villain, lives in a fucking secret cavernistic stronghold which is this guy doesn't he lives in south carolina um but what the the thing that i enjoyed about this is we get the Mulder that we know and love completely obstinate towards um at one point laughing at his face and saying oh you know if scully could see this just now you know and i'm like this is great because Mulder is not the sort of man that is gonna you know buckle on his beliefs and he will not take the vaccination from our good friend, the smoking man. Refuses to do it, refuses to do it. And what I love about this as well is the smoking man does what you want him to do as a character. He's like, well, fine, you'll die. And there's no there's no kind of, you know, sadness in his eyes at all. He's just like, if you're not going to take it, then fuck you. Um, and then Agent Miller arrives, because uh, Miller's used the app on, on a on the phone and um i love that once again i love this idea of him coming in and trying to take Mulder away <clears throat> and by and his- it's worth saying in between uh miller showing up and the uh, cigarette smoking man uh given his big you know villain speech as he pets a cat that's not there um uh, <laughs> that we do get a cut back to the hospital and the ted o'malley show yeah. just to show that things are even more fucked up like yeah, because he, he's he's the he's the way to chart how fucked up things are going. We keep jumping back to him. And any other scenario, this would be news reports from around the world. We, we don't have news reports. We have Tad O'Malley. Yeah, and he's starting to look sick. Doctors are showing up. Uh, 
to Scully and Einstein, uh, and they're getting sick, and Einstein's getting sick, and Scully is like, hey, we gotta do this DNA thing. Remember, alien DNA. Did anyone hear me say alien DNA earlier? <laughs> I've not said it in five minutes. Let me just say it seven times the next breath. Great, let me get um, it out of my system. Alien DNA, alien DNA, alien DNA, alien DNA, alien DNA, alien DNA. Okay, I'm good. Um, I love the fact that they, they do, they, they try and ex- they extract her blood and they can't find it. And then it suddenly occurs to them that the flingy flangy flongy is not a split directly on the flibble 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 um and the splugle plan uh, should be used in the, the 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 joffrey chart um and if they only if they only extract more blood they'll be able to cut through the flangy and uh, be able to get to that alien dna I, i'm so glad that they spent a good three minutes explaining that procedure because i you know it was so obvious but i mean I'd, i i could have written it for them yeah, yeah, it it is a whole lot of gibberish. Oh God, yeah, I was like, who are they, who are they now speaking to? Like, I'd, who who are they like? Are they speaking to like this one goes out to all the doctors in the room? <laughs> right, there were like six geneticists watching who were like, you know what? Finally, someone gets it right. That's right. The 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 the, 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 the husband turns around to the wife and says, this is fucking glorious. This right. is the best scene in this show. It's like when I watch Mr. Uh, Robot and I'm like, finally they understand what routers are on this show. <laughs> you know? You mean you mean your job isn't like like hackers? Don't shout no. my dreams here. Oh, God. That, as a diversion, the conversation they have about the movie hackers on Mr. Robot is one of the great things in television, as far as I'm concerned. It is yeah, it's, 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 it's excellent. It does not, however, deplete my love for the movie Hackers. I think Hackers is probably one of the greatest movies of the 1990s. It's, <laughs> it's Yes, but in, in a way that is just cheese-tastic. Oh, so, so, yeah, in a way which is pure fantasy. Yeah, like, it has nothing it, to do with real computers and yeah, hacking the world is stupid and all that. There's no basis in reality at all. But it, for that reason, is one of the greatest movies of the 1990s. And yes. I, I, will st- I will stick by that, that I, state I, strongly. And yes, you are right, the conversation about it made me happy that one, they showed hackers on that show because I was like, yay! And then the next sentence, I was like, oh, yay! Okay. <laughs> but so, I did like it. Ah, Duncan, we're coming down to it now, because Miller shows up, grabs Mulder, and the cigarette-smoking man, nor any of his minions, because he's now one of the most powerful men in the world, does anything to stop him. He's just like, I guess, go. Yeah, but he just, like, there was, he sends a security, he sends a guy to go and pick up Mulder. Apparently that was the only security guard he had, because Miller just walks in and walks out of the house. No yeah. one else is there. Just the smoking man. And I love the smoking man. It says, uh, what does it say when he gets him in the car? Tell him uh, goodbye from me before he dies. Or something. It's so cold and yeah. so prickish. And I like that because that's the cigarette smoking man that I know and love. That's right, love. Yes. Um, and meanwhile, <laughs> things are kind of, you know, Einstein's ill now. She needs to go for a lie down. And Scully's like that. It's okay. I, you know, when I now know what I'm doing, I will generate some kind of anti serum, or you know, I I will fix here with a you know, the, I, I've come up with an antidote. And then, literally in the space of ten minutes, she produces huge quantities. Now, 
we have to remember where she is. She's in a small hospital, which is run by a church. But apparently what we didn't know about is the CDC also operate out of this facility. And it's like, you know, you know what it reminded me of when I was watching it? Like, I was like, at what point did this movie become Outbreak? Except Outbreak has an awesome Outbreak monkey. Well, yeah, no, I'm not slagging off Outbreak. I love Outbreak. There's another movie which I would say is one of the greatest movies of the 1990s, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that, yes. Love that fucking movie. Um, but, yeah, it becomes Outbreak, but it becomes shit Outbreak. Because the way that... Oh, this is fucking amazing. They decide to show you... It reminded me of the season two finale of Millennium. Chris Carter, just regurgitating your ideas here. And they, for those who don't know, Millennium was his spin-off show. We've spoken about it a couple of times. And it, at season two, this huge conspiracy comes out that the Millennium group... Um, who Frank Black, played by Lance Henriksen, uh, has been helping out with, are part of this huge conspiracy <clears throat> to wipe out a lot of people using a virus at the at the sh- basically the end of the millennium. Uh, so you're going to get Y2K, and a lot of people are going to die. Um, and they do that in the show. They kill a lot of people, and then season three starts up, and in the first episode they pretend like it never happened. Like, the, most of Hollywood is, you know, the LA has been wiped out by yes. this virus, and no one, no one mentions it ever again in that show, and I kind of feel like, if and when the X-Files comes back, because we're going to get to that, they're going to do the same fucking thing, like three episodes into it, it's going to be business as usual, and that'll piss me off. But, um, they, they jump out to clips of what are happening in the city and traffic is at a standstill. Literally five cars on the road are at a standstill, Bo. You know, there's lots of peeping. There's like 17 horns peeping, but three cars on the road. And there's like sound effects for loads of voices and literally three people are out their cars. Yep. Because the X-Files doesn't have the budget to do this. So I, I'm, I'm a bit old school, Bo. I believe that if you don't have the budget to do it, don't fucking do it. Um, but no one tied that string around that part for Chris Carr, so he didn't know that. Because every scene of the traffic jams up here, my favourite one is Scully driving through the wall-to-wall traffic, which he does with ease because there's huge fucking gaps between the cars. That's amazing, and, and we will come back to that. But yeah, she produces so much, working herself, she produces loads of this anti-serum, which she then starts... She gives to Einstein, and she's like that, on the phone to Miller, where are you? I'll bring it to you, jumps in the car with... Now, she knows that Miller and Mulder are in the car, but she only takes one, because fuck Miller, apparently. Right, right. Miller is just the the chauffeur for <laughs> the man she actually cares about. And on on this point, I will agree with Scully. That let's save Mulder and kind of who gives a shit if Miller. Yeah, but M- M- like Miller is essentially driving Miss Mulder. That's that's all his job is. You know <laughs> yes. what I mean? T- I'm just trying to drive you to the Scully. <laughs> that's, that's literally all his job is. Um, you, she, she might as well have said, "You saw are wearing a red vest and are in the program Star Trek the original series." Um, I'm surprised we gave you a name. Um, she she drives in the car with this one pouch of anti serum, um, and like I say, she manages to zip through the traffic 
with ease uh, until a point where she can get no more and she jumps out the car and she runs to meet Miller and they have this conversation where he's like he's in the car and all the rest and she sits and she speaks to Mulder and Mulder's pretty gone he's pretty fucked he has been ill for a while um, and it's not looking good and then Scully stands up and I I'll be honest with you but I was completely unaware of the time that had elapsed in the, the show so when you hear how I'm going to finish the next couple of sentences you will realise how much this pissed me off well uh, right we determine very quickly we need stem cells. Yeah, we need stem cells from, wait for it, their child. And I'm like, ah, finally, we link it back to the kid, which, like we said before, we kind of wanted some sort of resolution in this episode. Like, kind of we mentioned this kid loads. Let's uh-huh. have the, and, and she says, we, we, need to, we need to find my child. And like that, surely it's quicker in his stage of death um, or Im- impending death to give him the antiserum than it is to try and one locate your child when you're trapped on a bridge with cars all around you um, and and two do you know where your kid is because all the way through this we've kind of made that we don't know where it is and just just when that happens Bo the most ridiculous thing that has ever happened in the Excels happens bar none like bar, no, even more, well, no, the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened in the X-Files was Mulder fighting. Um, this <laughs> yeah, is right, the right. second most ridiculous thing. A triangular shape UFO appears in the sky and shines its shiny spotlight down on Scully just after she says, we need to track down my son. Yeah, um, don't know where he is, like, need his stem cells. Yep. Yeah. The light shines down on him. Um, she looks up at the light. Mulder looks up at the light. Miller, we don't care about him anymore, so he doesn't look anywhere. Um, and they all look up, and as she's looking up, and it's all right like that. End of episode. Yep. That's the end of. And obviously, the X Files is back next week to continue that story, oh, wasn't it? Did I not tell you this is the last episode? No, no, like you're mistaken because like this is like a, a nonsensical cliffhanger. Um, so there's an episode next week which will continue, like my struggle part three, surely. Um, I think your struggle is going to be coming to terms with the fact that there's no uh, episode of the X Files next week, nor is there one technically planned right now. Yeah, my struggle is this fucking show, right? My struggle is this season, the most infuriating season. Like, let's put this into perspective here, right? We what like we have done precisely two TV shows. We've covered two TV shows on Duncan and Bo Come Correct. We've done two spin-offs. The first one was for True Detective season two, which was the follow-up season to arguably the greatest TV show ever fucking made and the frustrating point about watching that was there there it was more than just flashes of greatness there was greatness there in the show it just got muddled with some dodgy casting choices and and it, it lacked the clarity and simplicity and focus of that first season it's funny how much the x files parallels that and goes further this to me is like you're right. The term "my struggle" is is me coming to grips with these six episodes because what we have ultimately been left with, in my humble opinion, is three 
X Files episodes, which I can say I enjoy enjoyed and above. Sure, uh, which sure. Is episode two, episode three, and episode four, I think, are like good, if not amazing, episodes of the X Files. And guess what, Bo? Chris Carter didn't write any of them. Chris Carter wrote episode one, episode five, and episode six. And I've not liked any of them. Like I've not, I've genuinely not liked any of the ones that he's written. And it's funny, I, I was checking I, I, online, I follow quite a lot of different sites, and Devin Faraci of uh, Births Movies Death um, put up a really, really nice article uh, just before, like maybe a couple of hours before we um, started recording. And it basically is titled, It's Time for Chris Carter to Pass the X-Files to the Next Generation. Because this season ends very very badly um, and I agree with them 100% I think we were all so focused on Mulder and Scully passing the torch to a new Mulder and Scully to continue on that none of us took a step back to actually think that Mulder and Scully are the only aspect of this show that we actually really like I mean really really like yeah we like the idea of conspiracy and we like the idea of the alien invasion and all the rest things which by the way they've went out of their way to shit upon in this season um, but we never thought at any one point that maybe Chris Carter had essentially shot his load many moons ago and didn't have another one in reserve um, because that, to see that the, you never know when your last load's going to be Duncan that's the sad yeah, thing yeah it happened in season 5 of the X-Files um, and everything after that with the occasional exception of an episode where it was either really quirky or actually really just like clever or really dark or an excellent standalone episode. The X-Files has really struggled to maintain its purpose. And I think you once said, like right at the very start of us or of our journey into this, that the big issue with the X-Files is the issue that most TV shows come along with, especially when they deal with these ideas of conspiracy or mystery is that at some point you will question whether the journey towards the explanation has been worth it. Um, and does that ending, that end of that mystery, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, does that merit the journey? Are you satisfied if you've invested several hundred hours into TV? Are you happy with the answer? And to me, the purpose of bringing the X-Files back after an extended hiatus is that we have a new voice or we have we have something important to say. And I don't think that has happened. I think the best episodes of this season have been the ones that have been standalone that don't really have a message, um, except for Mr. Soapbox in episode four. Um, sure, sure. Homeless Predator his, is, is yeah. still worthwhile. Yeah, even even though that message was fairly, it was, it was fairly wiped on its sleeve, um, and and maggot ooze, uh, you know, as I just don't think anything that Chris Carter has done on on the X Files this season has amounted to anything at all. I, I genuinely think one, you do not fucking end your TV show at that if you have not already sat down with the board at Fox and they're like that. Listen, if this gets ratings of this level, we're back next year. And I, I read the statement from Chris Carter today to say it did really well in the ratings. It'll no doubt be back. Fox will want to bring it back. Um, it's their property. 
However, I don't know when that's going to be, and the actors are kind of busy at the moment, so until the, both the actors can have a break in their schedules, um, I don't know when that's going to be. Oh, by the way, enjoy the, the ending where a light shines in Scully's eyes and we fade to black. Um, because that that's pish. It's, it's, it, it's so bad that it infuriates it almost I said before it's worth coming back just for episode 3 episode 3 is fucking amazing um, I'd much rather they just put out episode 3 overall right. like here's just how one episode it. yeah yeah but like, even, even they could have just put it out as a novelty holiday special you know a Halloween episode you know, of the X-Files, this is your special Halloween episode of the X-Files, you know, or done it as a skip for something else. You know, I would much rather they'd done that because for the most part, this has been a struggle to enjoy. Duncan struggle. It has, it has it's been a struggle to enjoy when, like I say, I could forgive that first episode. All its issues... Because I said, you know, it's coming back after a long period of time. It's having to cover a lot of ground. It's having to make it relevant and updated for today's generation while acknowledging things that have happened since the X-Files went off air and it has to do it in 45 minutes. That's an impossible task. I'm surprised they managed to do it as competently as they did. I Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and then they did this final episode where Chris Carter decides... That this to me feels like like parts one and parts two were maybe written as one episode, right? And he's he's made a slice through it and cut it in half, um, where he thinks it's logical to make that slice. Um, and the irony of that is he spent so much time making sure the slice in the middle's right that he forgot about the fucking end, um, and it raised so many silly questions that once again you can just uh, see X-Files fine you know what I mean we don't need I said on the last week's episode we don't need answers to everything don't give us answers to everything give us just enough to keep us interested and that memo never made its way to to the office of Chris Carter and he tried to answer everything but instead of answering it with grown up answers he answered it with horrible like after credit, Captain, Pl- Captain Planet answers. It's just like the, the motivation for the smoking man makes no sense. The abandonment of nine, like 20 or two, 200 and odd episodes doesn't make any sense. The characters are behaving out with how they would behave. Mulder's an action hero and Scully's now turning her back on science. Um, and we get to the end there on, on, on a kind of hope that Chris Carter knows what he's doing. So when we get to the end of this episode, the the struggle that we've been through will be worthwhile. And that ending is not worthwhile at all. That ending is infuriating like if I knew that the X-Files was definitely coming back next year, but to to, to factor in that, it doesn't sound like he's written anything. Well, yeah. Whoever whoever takes on that mantle, and it might not be Chris Carter, um, will have to try and pick up the pieces of this episode, and that's not a job I'd want to do. Um, I can yeah. fix it right now. Yeah, are you are you ready for my solution? Fix it. All right, you start. I said, wait a second. Season eleven. <laughs> yep. It, it starts at the very end of season ten. We have Mulder sick in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller, you know, doing whatever, 
and Scully looking up into the light. The alarm goes off. She wakes up, and we reset the table. <laughs> Surely, I, I thought what I thought you were going to say is that you get yourself into orbit and nuke them from space because it's the only way to be sure. Right, uh, right. But would you be pissed off if it was like, oh, that was just a dream? Given how crappy it is, <laughs> yeah. if they were just like, you know what, that was a dream, and now let's go on with the alien conspiracy. I, I would, I, I would like it more if the light shining in her eyes was the light of a doctor while she was on a test table being subjected to alien experiments, which put her in a a, a dream sleep, a dream sleep reality to try and play out what would happen in an end of the world scenario if the aliens tried to take over. Um, rather than oh, the, we're doing this. Yeah, like I mean, that, that that to me, that to me would be would be the interesting angle. That's not what, we're, and they've blown the lid off everything now. That this is the thing that kind of, as kind of, like we've went from the beauty of the X Files was that we were at ground level with Mulder and Scully, and we always got to, you as the individual watching it, always got to see the outcome. You always got to see it, whether or not Scully got to see it or Mulder got to see it. You always got to see it. And you could side with one character or the other at the end of their case. And, it, you know, that we were safe in the knowledge that it would be passed up. Skinner would file it under. Could not be fucked reading um, that pile, the, the Scully and Mulder pile. And it would never go anywhere because it was self-contained because that's what the X-Files are. We have in this episode blown it out into a huge massive event where civilization is at the brink of destruction and all of a sudden at the end an alien spacecraft appears um, on a bridge full of people um, which I, I was reading today some people thought was a really bad idea but they have done that before in the show and written it off as the aliens can wipe your memory um, it happened actually when it happened with was it? I can never remember her name the woman from Alien not no, it's going to weaver the other one. What's her name? Veronica Cartwright. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright was in an episode of the X Files where she was on several episodes actually, where she was an abductee survivor, and she ends up on the bridge um, with all the other people. And the the alien, oh, in fact, the aliens kill them all. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, they, they... Aliens come down, murder the shit out of them. And by the way, those were aliens, not the government. Um, you know, there's people complaining that they've, you know, they've brought this aircraft out, and I'm like, no, 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 that's that's not the bit you should be focusing on. The bit that you should be focusing on is that the X Files can never go back to what it was after this episode, because all of America is now dying except for an elite few. And you've got to imagine that it's not just an American thing; it's a worldwide thing. So most of the population are are on their deathbed. You can't, at, in the next episode of season 11 of The X-Files, write a conclusion to that and then go back to business as usual. It doesn't work that way. You have perpetually fucked The X-Files from this point onwards. Congratulations, Chris Carter. I hope you burn in hell. Yeah, it's Chris Carter's march to the sea across The X-Files. Yeah. He's, burning he's, his way across the, the landscape. Yeah, he's, he's fucked it for everyone. Unless... They pull a Millennium Season 3 and just never refer to it again. Which yeah, let's I never speak happen. of this again. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's just... It's such a, bad, such a bad idea. Like, Are, such a bad idea. Let me give you an, a, a kind of an analogous situation. Go for it. 
Okay. There was a show you may be familiar with called The Returned. I love The Returned. And that season was, um, it was beautifully constructed, mm-hmm. beautifully acted, beautifully shot. It was, it was almost lyrical in the story that it told about loved ones coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And it ends on a bridge with a bunch of the titular returned marching towards a bastion where uh, the the ones who are not returned, uh, with a couple of exceptions, um, are holed up in kind of a church-slash-community center. Yeah. And season one ends at that point. Mm-hmm. And there was no, at, at least at the time I saw it, there was no date for season two of The Return. Yeah, uh, they, they had said that they were coming back to do a season two of The Return, but then it went into a bit of a... They said they would be back the following year, and then that never happened. It, it was in development hell for a while. Yeah. But let me tell you why I wasn't mad about that. <laughs> you tell me why you weren't mad, Bo. Um As much as I love The Return, as much as I wanted more of that story... The substance of what I got from that show was enough that I kind of treasured the experience of watching it. Mm-hmm. That there were episodes that were better than others, but there was not a bad one in the bunch. And, and most of the time, there was something either shocking or just kind of weirdly beautiful mm-hmm. in the episodes that I, I, I really loved. So even if I had never gotten an answer to my questions about that show, I still would have thought it was great. Cut to uh, earlier today as I finished (laughs) season six of our episode six of season 10 of the X-Files. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I ever want to watch the X-Files again. It's really, yeah, it's, it's left such a sour taste in my mouth. Like I said before, the only thing I'm interested in is Mulder and Scully. But... <laughs> like, if the whole series had been amazing and Chris Carter had pulled off some incredible run of shows, mm-hmm. you know, both as executive producer and as writer, and just as kind of a fuck you was like, we're going to land on a cliffhanger and it's up to our fans to demand that we come back and finish this story because it is so compelling mm-hmm. and you have to know what happens. But I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, it was a cliffhanger and I kind of don't care because whatever your answer is going to be, I don't think I'm going to like it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like the first episode that much. I mean, I, I like as time has gone on and the euphoria of just having new X-Files to watch has faded. Um, I, I find myself liking that less and less. And, and particularly after last night's episode, I just, I kind of don't know that I want to see any more X-Files at least certainly not if Chris Carter's at the helm. No, definitely not. Definitely you know, not. like if, if somebody like, you know, I, I keep saying Vince Gilligan because he used to write for the X-Files, but if Vince Gilligan said, I'm going to executive produce instead of Chris Carter, like his name will always be on the credits as being created by Chris Carter. Yeah. Um, which by the way, a special fuck you to the, this is the end 
message at the end of the credits. Oh, the opening yeah, credits. That, that really, yeah, that really fucked me off. I thought, I well, I thought it was cool until we got to the end. And it was like the end of what? The end right. of your time running the show, Chris Carter? Yes, I hope yeah, so. Yeah, I think it's the end of me giving a shit about the X-Files. <laughs> um, like, if, if you do a sequel to the uh, We're Creature episode... I can't say it any other way, by the way. Um, then I'm down. Mm-hmm. If you're telling me you want to do more of this alien DNA, because I don't think we've said that enough this episode, alien DNA slash like AIDS virus slash chemtrail storyline, and now we got to get stem cells in a hurry. Like we got to oh, go yeah. to stem cells or us and get their kids stem cells into molder like this is all just dumb and yeah. i'm kind of <laughs> done with it i took i took a i took a quote directly from that article that that them um, devin Faraci wrote which basically summed up kind of how poor i thought the writing was and he wrote as if all of this was not bad enough the ufo comes on command molder is dying of the spartan virus and scully says she needs Alien DNA stem cells, which can only come from their son, William. And on cue, the UFO pops up. I'm shocked William didn't poke his head out of the window and say, Hi, Mum and Dad. Because that's, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Thought, that's you know, that's kind of what I expected. That's the level of writing of Chris Carter in this final episode. It is just... But and it, yeah, I, I said to you a couple of... I said to you, uh, maybe last week, maybe it was the week before... Um, I said to you that there's a part of me that then thinks, like, the X-Files trades off on a lot of goodwill. It has done for a while. It definitely did in its final two or three, well, three or four, actually, seasons. It traded off a ton of goodwill um, from viewers and fans. And um, it gets to a certain point where I'm watching these primarily for nostalgic purposes. I'm watching it because I have... I'm invested with two characters um, and... Like Skinner, who may, may as well not have even come back for this. His on-screen time over the six episodes is less than three minutes. He may as well not have been here. The Smoking Man may as well not have been here. His on-screen time was less than five minutes. He had more on-screen time than Skinner. Fuck Chris Carter, right? Um, it just, it, it, it just kept hitting me that we are spoiled for choice now with... Um, the the multitudes of TV programs, the amount of films we have, the music we have, the you know the, the distractions we have online, the distractions we have in the way of even podcasts. We have a, a media overload just now that time is precious, and it should be spent doing what we like doing, and things we enjoy as opposed to things that we resent. And I resent three episodes. Of this show, I resent the last two episodes of this show. I resent the fucking end of this show. I resent Chris Carter. Um, I, I'm kind of the thing is, I know for a fact, though, Bo, that if the announcement's coming back, I'll fucking watch it. And that's that's what's annoying me. All right, because, but you'll watch the premiere. But if the premiere sucks, do you go further? Well, the, 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 let me put it this way: the end of the X, the end of the first run of the X Files was a pretty shit ending. I, after that a fairly awful season nine and that was a run of 24 really bad episodes and the first episode that came back wasn't great and i continued to watch them so yeah i probably will that's the, the they've 
Chris Carter is playing with us because he's playing on their goodwill and our feelings towards two characters that he can no longer write interesting stories for or has no interest to write stories. He is clearly... Is that way, you know, like... Right, to put things in perspective, both myself and yourself, um, like we said many times on the show, huge horror fans. Like, yes. huge, huge horror fans. Horror fans, maybe above all others, have like a special attachment to not only the actors that star in those movies, especially if there's, they do more genre work than, than necessarily jumping out to rom-coms or whatever. But we have a particular affinity to directors. We like direct, we like horror directors. We like directors in the horror genre who will dedicate their time to making more than just one horror movie that are really invested, that are fans. You tend to find horror directors tend to be horror fans. And we like that. And even though there is a, a slight age gap between yourself and myself, we have grown up in the time frame that we are heavily ref. We, we we are heavily in a position where we bestow reverence on particular directors. Uh, Wes Craven, yeah, <laughs> Wes Craven, John Carpenter, George A. Romero. Yeah, you're being a, a bastard right now, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word. Um, so, you know, like we have these, and there is a point in their career where they lose their interest. They lose their ability to scare and shock. They lose their voice. Um, some of them will continue to put out movies. Some of them disappear, and then we want them. Like John Carpenter is the greatest example of this, right? And I'll be, I did not dislike the word. I know there's a lot of people out there that hated the word, right? And he's not done a movie since then. And the word came out in two thousand and nine. I want to say two thousand and nine. I'll fact check, but go on. Yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. Um, so it has been a while since he's done a movie. It's been it's seven, potentially eight years since he did a movie. 2010, that, by the way. 2010, right. So six years since he since he made the movie. We all sit there and kind of, on some level, want John Carpenter to come back and do a movie because we remember Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, Escape from New York, They Live, um, you know, like Halloween. And, uh, we remember those movies. We don't remember the ward. And that, I think, is the issue with the X-Files, is that we spent so much time remembering the great things, that were, Tombs, uh, Home. We, we spent so much time remembering those episodes that we forgot that the last three or four years of that show produced uh, 90% of the episodes are bad to terrible. And we spent so much time focusing on the good aspects of the X-Files, and that's not necessarily our fault. It's six episodes you had to write. It is only six episodes you have to write. In this day and age, if you can't get like the golden age of TV right now, like the writing for TV just now is incredible. If you can't get six mind-blowing X-Files episodes written up, then you shouldn't be making TV shows. That you know, there are so many amazing, talented people out there that have grown up watching the X Files that could be writing these episodes. And Chris Carter monopolizes three of the six scripts, and no one at any point sits down and reads them and tells them that it's fucking dumb. 
Yeah, I th- I think maybe part of that is a little bit of uh, you know kind of yes manism. Yeah. Um, and also, there's a touch of hubris on Chris Carter's part to think that. Yeah, like, like, I totally agree with you. I think that the right move would have been Chris Carter to executive produce yeah. all six episodes, but let someone else do the writing and directing and just, you know, cash your check, man. Enjoy what younger, more talented, more aggressively hungry writers and directors um, do with your creation. Yeah. And, you know, point them in the right direction and so forth, but don't do a Lucas on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull yeah. and demand that it all be about aliens and shit. Um, you know, like X-Files, you should demand it to be about aliens, ironically. But, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's... For whatever reason, he, he he seems to have lost the magic, as you were saying. And I would be like... If the X-Files returned, I would watch the premiere just so I could get... I, I, w- I would want to see how ridiculous the answers are to mm-hmm. the ridiculous questions posed in this episode. And then, if it wasn't very good, I don't think... I, I think I would just kind of keep an eye on it. And yeah. look for those, you know, internet uh, sort of eruptions of like, oh, this one was really good. And if Darren Morgan is writing and directing one... Then I'm there. Yeah, definitely. You'd be, you'd be, you could almost, we, part of me almost wishes that I had done that. I'd waited for the show to finish, read some of what was getting mentioned online, and everyone universally, except, and I know he will probably listen to this, except Andy Blockley, who hated episode three. Well, that's um, not correct. That's not all. correct at all. Um, and told me it's some of the worst writing he's ever read uh, or saw in a TV episode, and it was poorly acted, and it was just awful across the board. Um, so, yeah. Apart from Andy Blockley, uh, everyone else like said that that episode was amazing, that you know I could have checked that one without worrying about it connecting to anything else. It's a standalone episode. Um I just, I actually just wish they'd done six standalone episodes. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that you know episodes, you know two, three, and four really mm-hmm. are, and and five to an extent, um, are are just these weird, you know, offshoot episodes that don't necessarily have a lot of connective tissue, other than you know the thing with with Mulder and Scully's kid and and that sort of thing. But yeah, I don't I don't know that you needed to try to cram in some big season long arc in six episodes, especially yeah. when most of the episodes didn't pay any attention to it. Yeah, the what the 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 thing that they they did pay a bit of attention to was the thing they abandoned till right at the end of this episode. And it was the bit to me that was the most compelling part of the story because it, it connected me with the Mulder and Scully character. It was the the idea of their son that they adopted. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, you, you could keep that going through. The resolution to this episode should have been that they they got in touch with their son. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not that the whole world is dying and an alien ship arrives on a bridge. We didn't, you know what I mean? It's like we, we we didn't we didn't need that. That's your that's the way you hook viewers back in is by tugging on the heartstrings. You know, giving us a journey that our characters can go on 
um, to to get to that point at the end. And then if you want to expand on it later on after that, you know, in season eleven, um, w- with aliens or government, conspiracy, you know, you can start building on some of the hard work you've done. You've kind of set a level there. I, I just don't think that they ever really. I don't think I, I think in principle it's a great idea to bring the X Files back. I think Chris Carter probably battled long and hard to bring the X Files back. I think they eventually said, Yes, you can have the X Files back and at that point it suddenly dawned on they had to write something. Um and it probably wasn't given the biggest of time frames to do it and I can't believe for one second that he spent huge amount of times, you know, um sitting and working out the ins and outs of how this script was gonna go and how this story was gonna go. It does it feels rushed and it feels it almost feels like he's went onto some fucking subreddit somewhere and typed in conspiracies and then just picked every heading from every whack job there that's wrote something, you know. The government controls you to the chemtrail, man. And, you know, he's taking all these different things and just put them as dialogue to be spewed forth from the, the, the mouths of characters who would never speak like that. Um, I, I has, also kind of... Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, to your point, I also don't like the fact that there is some dunderhead on this side of the Atlantic, at least, that is going to see this episode as being confirmation that they, they should be anti-vaccine. Oh God. Yeah. That, that was one of the things that really, cause that's, a, that's an issue over in the, the UK as well, is that there are people that campaign for, for kids not to be given uh, MMR jags. I don't know if you have an equivalent over there. It's measles, mumps and rubella. Um, and it's given as a, like to, to infants, it's given as a, a combination of these three jags and you get them at once. Yeah, yeah exactly was, the same here. Yeah. Yeah. And it was linked like, wrongly linked because scientifically it's been proved wrong um, it was lo- wrongly linked to uh, autism and um, as a result certain parents stopped getting their kids vaccinated. The last thing you want is someone who believes everything they see on TV watching a show like this and thinking that the government is actually controlling you through your vaccinations because that is a message that doesn't need to be out there. And once again, doesn't feel in keeping with the tone of the X-Files. Generally, the X-Files, if it did look into that, would put a twist on it to show how silly it was by the end. We didn't get that here. It just kind of feels like, kind of feels like it was just, like Chris Carter was just going through the motions. You know, like, it, it, it just, this is you know i i know how to write these episodes it's my fucking show so i'll do this that and i'll cram it and then when it came to the dialogue he just couldn't think of things other than lists stuff and everything in this the more i think about everything in this episode is just lists it's just lists of things there's no genuine sensible interaction between any characters at all in this episode when one person is asking someone for something they get given a list back or they get given page five of the fucking gynecological fucking encyclopedia read back to them because as it is just as either it was either um, biological mumbo jumbo that was given it by Scully and Einstein in these these rather lengthy dialogues which were just technical terms or it's Mulder's interaction with the smoking man where we get a huge list of everything that's going or whether it's Tad O'Malley 
like listing huge amounts of conspiracy through the you know the trails that come from behind planes and crop dust you know all these sort of things it was just lists it's, there's no substance behind it at all it's just list after list after list and people do not speak to each other like that in real life that's just not how it's done and the X-Files never had a problem never ever had a problem with its central characters communicating a, a kind of coherent point of view over even if it was about a subject matter which was outlandish and never had that issue until this season um, yeah and that was uh, in the the original series one of the most enjoyable parts of it was hearing someone who was very much a skeptic and someone who was very much a believer or a want to be believer yeah. debate the reality of something because, you know, and not to get all highfalutin here, Duncan, <laughs> but I think all of us have those questions. Like I, I think their conversations are very much the internal dialogue that we all have where we, we, I think if you're a rational thinking person, then you believe in, you know, scientific theory and, and, uh, the scientific method and that you believe that there are some things are real, uh, because you're they're, they're concrete and you can feel them in your hands. But I'm also a knucklehead who wants to believe in Bigfoot. And I know that there's no way there's a Bigfoot. There's just no way, but I still want to believe in Bigfoot because that makes the world a little more magical. It's funny because you use the keyword over and over again in there as you want to believe. And that's what, that's the foundation of the show is, you know, that everyone suffers from a crisis of faith. Even if you are the most religious, I imagine the Pope even has the occasional existential question of why we're here and, and all the rest. That happens. The beauty of the show was that even presented with reality and even knowing that what you're saying is outlandish, you want to believe. You want to believe in these things. And that was, the like you say, that's what the show put forward or posited as a, a really interesting question throughout it. Um, and that's, that's, that never, that never happened in this episode out with episode three. Where they, you know, where, where we had that kind of caught, and it was done in a comical tone of this kind of crisis of faith or whether or not we believed in the existence of monsters. And they handled it in a perfect way, in the way that you're supposed to handle it. And yeah, you could see that, that this, this series had one truly great episode, a couple of pretty good X Files episode, and the rest is sure. just. Just awful, just like I, I, a really just awful television that made me question why I would spend time watching it. I mean, t- tonight's big question was what to watch: the X Files season finale or episode number two of season two of Better Call Saul. And we watched X Files primarily because I had to do this show, but I put off watching Better Call Saul, and I'm pretty pissed now. Um, I would much rather watch better because I know that I know at least that that show has writers behind it that can fucking write. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. And as as yeah, as as immensely immensely frustrating. And once again, that when it finished, I turned and spoke to my wife, and she was like, "That my wife says that words were well, I kind of liked that." And I said, "Well, what did you what what was it you liked about it? Because I didn't really like it." And she's like, "Ah, oh, it's Mulder and Scully." And that's that was how, and I think that's how the majority of people that aren't looking at this with a critical eye will walk away from this. Is it's more Mulder and Scully. So what are you moaning about? And I'm 
I'm like, yeah, I can understand that, but I like the episodes that are well written with Mulder and Scully as well. You know, why why just have the cake when you can have the icing as well as the cake? You know, it just adds that extra sweet layer on top. Why would you not want that? Why are you just having dry sponge? Uh, you know, it confuses me. Uh, and I said to my wife, I can't wait to talk about this because I'm going to tear it a new one tonight. And I kind of feel I've, I've vented so much now that I, I'm going through the, 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 the five stages, stages of grief. <laughs> yeah, I really have. I've, I've kind of went through the rage stage now. And now I'm in just the, the kind of mourning of the... The X-Files, because like I say, I don't think there's any way you can continue this show which will make it feel like I want... Like, not that I want to watch it, but just that it'll make sense anymore. Like, once they wrap up this this particular story, unless Will Smith comes out with the Men in Black device and resets everyone's memory to before episode one, and <laughs> my struggle come out... Um, they're never going to be able to do the small contained X-Files stories again because the world is going to be a completely different place in the world of the X-Files now. You know what I mean? I, if a small yeah. terrorist attack can change the world, one giant attack which almost wipes out the entire population is going to make the world a pretty scary place to live in. And if I thought for one second the X-Files would focus on that, I think it would be a far more interesting show. But I think it will be swept under the rug. And that, to me, is just... Yeah, I, I think I actually think that last episode may have been the the final nail in the coffin. Uh, all right, I, I feel like you have successfully torn this a new one, <laughs> um, and I just agreed with you mostly. I I I don't think it's a good episode. Do you, Do you think I'm being overly harsh, Paul? No, I don't. I I think it's a real bad episode. I think it, you know, it, it's one of those things that's real unfortunate because I feel like it tarnishes the brand. Mm-hmm. In a way that I, I think you're right. I think it's tough to come back from this. And, and I don't think Chris Carter is self-aware enough to understand that despite the good ratings, it wasn't a good season. Yeah, I don't think we're we're allowed to actually grab him like a puppy and rub his face in this episode and ask him, look what you've done, look what you've done, who did that? Um, I don't think we're allowed to do that. Um, and I don't think it would work either because all he'll see is the ratings and the money that he made off the return of this show. Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate. But uh, but I have to say, Duncan, as we, as we wind things down, um, it has still been a joy to uh to come together with you and and discuss the x-files uh even though it was occasionally a an exercise in frustration particularly this last episode um i i think for one last time we have to rank <laughs> the episodes of season 10 we we now have have six to choose from mm-hmm. um how would you duncan rank all six episodes of X-Files Season 10. Um, number one for me is episode number three. It was a pure, it was a pure joy to watch. Um, second for me would be episode two. Third in my list would be episode four. Um, fourth on my list would be, it's going to be a change here, episode five. Sixth on my list is going to be episode, sorry, fifth on my list will be episode one and six on my list will be episode number six. So for those keeping count out there, that's three, two, four, five, one, six. All right. Um, I think that's respectable. 
if slightly incorrect, um, I would go three, four, two, five, one, six. So we're still, yeah, we still have a slightly differing opinion on two and four. I think Homeless Predator is a delight. Homeless Predator is a delight. It's just a, a wildly inconsistent episode. I told you that. There's, t- there's tonal yeah. issues in that episode, which don't exist in the second episode because it keeps the one tone all the way through it. And yeah, it's a bit drab, but. Yeah. I, no, I agree with you. But, but I think three, three, four, five, and two are all worthwhile to one degree or another. I will and, say that my favorite conversation of the whole thing has been on episode four, though. Yeah, episode four was a lot of fun because of how, like, that episode was the most X-Files-ass episode this season, I think. Um, and, and not in terms, like, episode three is the best, but the episode four, like, vibe of it just felt like primetime X-Files. It, like, it, it almost felt like the one, uh, where there's the wild man of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out to be a family of just feral people that live nearby. Um, I, you know, I, I guess it was the, uh, geez, I, I cannot believe it. it's my own goddamn country, Duncan. <laughs> and I can't think of the name of the, the Jersey devil. Yes. The Jersey about. devil. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking like red devil. That doesn't sound right. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that there were, there was fun to be had this season, but the Chris Carter, like, heavy-handed, this is, like, the big serious blockbuster episodes of the season just fell flat on their face. Um, yeah. I don't think either one of them was very good. And I think this last one in particular, it, like, the sheer balls of ending that way. And and ending that way, like I said, if it had been incredible, I would have I would have doffed my cap to him, Duncan. <laughs> But as it was, because it was a shitty episode, it was like, good, I'm glad this is done. I don't want to think about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. So for uh, you listeners out there, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this journey through season 10 of the X-Files. Um, we are going to be back for shizzle, <laughs> if I may use a scientific term. When um, Twin Peaks returns. Yeah, the the next TV show that we'll be doing, pending an act of God, like a surprise True Detective Season 3 sometime in this year, which is not scheduled to happen, the next time we will be sitting down to to rattle through uh, another TV show will be 2017 for Twin Peaks. So it was supposed to be out later on this year, but it's been delayed to 2017. So Apparently and, they've got to find new women's clothes for David Duchovny. <laughs> See, that oh, my fingers are crossed so hard that he appears back in that role. Um, there's some really interesting casting news coming out of that, including Naomi Watts is going to be in it, which makes me happy in all the places that Naomi what's being announced for a <laughs> an appearance anywhere should make you happy. Um and the fact that she's working together with Lynch, first time they've worked together since I believe Mulholland Drive. I don't think she did in Land Empire. Um 
is very exciting for me. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that coming back. And like we said before, as another TV show, which from about the same time as the X-Files, actually, just like a couple of years before the X-Files, is one that we both grew up watching, that we both really enjoyed, which has a lasting legacy and has shaped the way we view TV programmes. Now, a lot of them are heavily influenced by it, so that coming back is very exciting. Plus, it's David Lynch directing all of them. You know I mean? That is yeah, just that's, they're, fucking incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I really can't wait for that. I think, again, even if it's a mess, it's going to be a more fascinating mess than Chris Carter's messes. Yeah. Just because oh, Lynch operates on a level that one might even call alien. Yeah, his, his, his is a cerebral attack. Anything that Lynch does, you know, gets into your psyche and unnerves you in a way which... And it might just be someone eating a slice of pie. Uh, you know what I mean? And for some reason, it's the creepiest slice of pie being eaten ever, and you don't know why. Um, yeah. And I, I can't wait for him. Because that's, 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 I think, the next step for television, as I think we've got plenty of shows that are out there that are really gold standard shows. We've had Breaking Bad, we've had Hannibal, um, The Walking Dead's obviously tearing it up, Game of Thrones is about to come back on and break God knows how many records. Um, And all these shows are out there doing incredible things. Um, But Twin Peaks is kind of the show that's... I I don't, don't want to say it started it all off, but... It really gave that idea of alternative and weird on TV on main kind of stream TV, uh, like credibility. And the fact that Lynch is coming back to do it again now with what you can get away with now on TV. Just like we were talking about Homeless Predator ripping off arms and, you know, dismembering people and we were seeing it on screen or people running in fire. The the weird things that Lynch can do today is, is to me the most exciting aspect about that. And they can, that's a show where you can do fucking anything at all. You could have, you could have fucking Mulder showing up in a dress acting like Jason Bourne. And I would accept it in that TV show. It would, it, for some reason, it would oddly feel at place. Um, <laughs> Yeah. In Twin Peaks, it would make sense. It's you know, it's just, it's the show that can go off the deep end, and it's the show we need now. Actually, we, we, Hannibal being off the TV show now, we, we need a really artistic, stylized show, which like is just eye candy in every shot, and Lynch will do that, and that's we will be back to do that and I will be geeking out even more than I was when we did the, the first X-Files episode. I will be in full geek mode. That is not that show right there. As the kids like to call it, it's my motherfucking jam, Bo. Um, that, that is what the kids call it. Um, <laughs> but fear not, Duncan and Bocaneers. Oh God, don't, don't make that a thing. <laughs> uh, I kind of like it now that I've said it. Um, we will be back uh, next week. With the uh, the remaining episodes, uh, not all at once. We're not Netflix, um, but <laughs> the remaining stretch of season two of Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Um, if you've been keeping score, it is a tight one this season, and uh, the next episode promises to be a pretty fascinating discussion. Uh, so uh, join us then. And uh, before we go, Duncan, uh, uh, please plug yourself and say something nice to our listeners. 
<laughs> as always uh, you can check me out at the podcast under the stairs it's on iTunes it's on Stitcher we're part of the Legion Podcast Network you can check out the website tputtscast.com check out my new show Chronicle episode number 3 will be dropping in just over a week's time where I will be looking at Mario Bava's Black Sunday from 1960 continuing the, the run through European horror cinema um, this season with the spotlight on vampirism um, and thank you very much for checking out the shows um, following us through the X-Files I can't wait to hear what you guys made of that that uh, final episode and um, where you see the potential show coming back and where they, where they can take it I would love to see some theories but thanks very much for supporting us anyway and I look forward to speaking to you on Duncan and Bo Come Correct um, in, the, in the very near future Excellent uh, well done, Duncan. Um, you can find all this and more on legionpodcasts.com and on Twitter at Legion Podcasts. Drop us a line, as Duncan suggested. Uh, and if you uh, check us out on iTunes, leave us uh, a review and a, a rating there. Uh, it does help a lot. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please tell somebody about it. Don't keep it to yourself like a big jerk. And that is all for Duncan and Bo Come Be X-Files. We will be back, uh, as I said, in one week with a continuation of uh, Season 2 of Duncan Bo Come Correct. Until then, goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye, Duncan. Bye. Things are getting strange. I'm starting to worry. <laughs> this may be a case for motor and Scully. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs>